the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bears, bulls, and even black swans. No, this isn't a wildlife sanctuary. You know what we mean. We are the Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The violence continues as Hamas continues to fire its rocket attacks at Israel. But an Israeli airstrike today on a house in Gaza killed at least seven Palestinians. It is the highest number of fatalities in a single strike by Israel. Meanwhile, a former Israeli ambassador to the U.S. says Israel has dealt a devastating blow to Hamas by demolishing much of its underground transportation network. Deep underground Gaza, and uh, Israel uses special munitions to penetrate those areas. Apparently they were all of them, or close to all of them, blown up. Many terrorists trapped inside we don't know yet. That is Dr. Michael Oren. He was interviewed this week by the Salem Radio Network. The Biden administration has some good news. It says the recent gas crunch, which has been causing shortages on parts of the East Coast, will soon be over now that the pipeline is getting back up and running. This is SRN News. I should have done it sooner. That's a comment heard often from satisfied patients at INeedMoreHair.com. Dennis Prager here. If you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss, go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what they're doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free and the results are amazing. You'll be under the care of some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in the country. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including notable holidays. Hollywood personalities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. Their technique is so advanced that their results are guaranteed in writing and their prices are the best in the business. If you have hair loss, don't put this off another day. Contact INeedMoreHair.com at their office in Egan for your free consultation. Experience you can trust, prices you can afford. Today is the day to get a permanent solution to your hair loss at INeedMoreHair.com. Now that spring is here, your windshield may be exposed to a few more uh, hazards. So trust your repairs to Advantage Auto Glass. Hi, John Wichko here, owner of Advantage Auto Glass. I'd like to invite you to finally get that chipped or cracked windshield fixed right the first time. You root for your home team, so why not trust your windshield to your hometown repair shop, Advantage Auto Glass. So give us a call today at 952-423-6396 and we'll replace your windshield with only the highest quality parts and adhesives. Or if you call your agent or your claims line first, make sure you tell them you want to work with Advantage Auto Glass and no one else. Call Advantage Auto Glass today at 952-423-6396. And don't forget, you can schedule your appointment on our website at ReplaceMyWindshield.com. That's ReplaceMyWindshield.com. expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Is it his time? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back. King Daniel Show, The Biz 1440. Thank you for listening. My goodness, looks like it's going to be a gorgeous day today. 61 up here at uh, at the university uh, on its way to 68. Maybe we'll hit 70 today. Just 
just splendid. Um, 651-289-4477, the number to call with your questions or comments. Um, 651-289-4477. Oopsies. What am I hearing? Hang on a second. Whoop. For some reason, my phone started to play, uh, play Talk Talk. Uh, I have no idea why, but, um, uh, <laughs> it's very few times that I would just say, oh yeah, go ahead, play that. That sounds cool. But not while you're trying to do a radio program. Uh, <laughs> We're having a weird day with the uh, with the equipment here. Uh, let me. I'll get back to this to this comment on what the Fed's doing right now. But let me let me give you the setting by looking at this week's data. I often do this during the first hour, but I really want to focus on that. By the way, uh, John Palmer, I've retweeted his uh, post to you. John Palmer reminds me that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders play in Regina, not in Saskatoon. Um, okay, John, I'll tell you what. Here in the United States, I'm not sure we really care. Uh, whatever. Uh, but but um, he's not originally Canadian. He's actually, he's actually, I believe, originally from either Chicago or from Iowa, or across the line in Iowa, but uh, somewhere in that area. He's a Midwesterner at any rate. Just a great, great human. Um, but I will note that on, only that uh, if you look at the data that are there, there's some conflicting information out there. Initial jobless claims have already fallen to this to this low. We're getting back to we're getting back toward levels we used to have back in February of 2020. When that number was running around 250, we're now down to 473. But that number was in the millions as late as two months ago. So this number has been falling pretty significantly. Um, but continuing claims of people who are on unemployment staying there is basically flat over the last over the last month. Uh, if you look at the last four to five readings, they're all about the same. Uh, if you look at job openings in 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 March, the Jolts report came out. Uh, it's it's much much higher than was expected. It's over eight million jobs being open in the U.S. Um, hirings were up. Um, hirings were up too, but also layoffs went up. And the number of people who are quitting their jobs is increasing as well. Some of that is because in a tight labor market, people can change jobs fairly easily. So you'll see quits go up. This is basically a way to look at look at uh, the flow of jobs when we do the jobs report, like we did a couple. Excuse me, last week, uh, the jobs report's a net number. If you look at the gross numbers, going this is delayed a month. So we're only looking at March data at this moment. But the number of job openings in March went up by over half a million jobs. And the hirings were up, but they were up 215,000. So only we only added 215 hires while we added 500,000 500, openings. So that's, that's a pretty tough place to be. The National Federation of Independent Businesses data is out. It's at a record highs says small business owners are seeing growth in sales but are stunted by not having enough workers. Finding qualified employees is, continues to be their biggest challenge, and it's slowing growth. Owners are raising compensation, offering benef- bonuses and benefits to attract the right employees. That typically works. But let me scroll down to the fact that the retail sales numbers that came out this past, this past week Core retail sales, which takes out autos and gas and takes out the building materials, which we know have been surging, were down 1.5% month over month, which is which sounds terrible until you realize that they had revised up the March numbers to a 7.6% gain. So we had this big gain in March that was revised upward at 76 and then we backed off just a titch to a one and a half, by 1.5% in April. So you're still seeing a surge in sales that's out there. 
um, that's that is still happening. So we're seeing rising prices as we talked about in the last hour. We're seeing rising sales. Okay, over the last two months, even if they're down a little bit in April versus March, and some of the March number was a catch up from February storms. It still feels like that number is higher than it would have been otherwise, and then you and and so you add you you add those things together, and and then the last number that's out there, industrial production, was up four tenths after a three point one percent increase in March. Uh, you can see that auto production was down four point three percent, computers and electronics was up only three tenths of percent. We are now at a capacity utilization rate, which is the way I, I typically have thought about how are manufacturers doing, you know, if I'm looking for where they are relative to where they would have been at the peak. The long-term average capacity utilization rate is typically around 80 to 81, 82. If they're running at 85, you'd say, boy, they're running really hot right now. They're they're using a lot of capacity that typically they probably don't want to run because it's lower it's it's got lower productivity they're currently at 74.9%. There's still room to run in that area. And so I'll go back to something I said in the previous hour as as concerned as I am about where the Fed is right now. If 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 you were to ask me, do you know that inflation is going to run hot for the next for the rest of 21 and 22? I would say I don't have enough information yet. There are near-term forecasts that indicate that it will run hot for the next few months. I think that's evident and I think the Fed even understands that. But I don't think I don't think that it's I don't think that we can know with any degree of certainty, whether or not inflation is going to run much faster uh, over 22 and 23. I don't know that. When I hear people say, well, this is a short-term bout of inflation, but we're still in a, in a long-term def- deflationary cycle, as I've heard people such as uh, David Bonson, John Malden talk about uh, 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 over you know uh, over uh, and and many others uh, I, that I could name um, and and some of you could as well. I'm like, there is not enough information out there for me to say those guys are wrong. Okay, I don't think they're right. I'm concerned that we're we're approaching a long-term inflationary cycle, the the inflationary cycle of a longer-term wave. But there's not enough data out there for me to sort of say, okay, here's the evidence and why I think you're wrong to hold the view that we're still in the deflationary cycle that existed over the last 20 years. I think you're wrong, but could I prove it to to anybody's satisfaction at this point? I can make I can make a case, but it's not the it's not as strong a case as I would like it to be. And largely driven by demographics. It would be weird to have a long-run inflationary cycle when we have long-term demographics slipping backward on the one hand. But on the other hand, it would be weird for us not to see increasing real wages at a time when the labor force is getting smaller and will continue to get smaller as additional boomers retire out. I'm sort of toward the end of that, the, the, the end of that cycle, the, the, the tail end of the boomer generation is currently 57, 58. And they're going to start their retirement processes soon. And, and indeed, the pandemic might have encouraged a few of them to step out a little sooner because they just didn't want to be exposed to the virus. And they talked themselves into... Hey, this thing is this thing is going to be, if not a pandemic, it's going to be endemic. It's going to be a little more risky for me to be at work, and I think I would rather not be at work right now. So there's a lot of uncertainty out there. 
And this is what drives me to be interested in the fact that I believe the Fed seems quite quite taken with itself that it's got stuff sussed out. Um, so the summary, the summary uh, paragraph at the end of the Waller speech, um, it reads like this. We have said our policy actions are outcome-based, which means we need to see more data confirming the economy has made substantial further progress before we adjust our policy stance because sometimes the data does not conform to expectations, as we saw last Friday, referring to the jobs report. The May and June jobs report may reveal that April was an outlier, but we need to see that first before we start thinking about adjusting our policy stance. We also need to see if the unusually high price pressure we saw in the April CPI report will persist in the months ahead. The takeaway is that we need to see several more months of data before we get a clear picture of whether we, need, we have made substantial progress toward our dual mandate goals. Now is the time we need to be patient, steely-eyed central bankers and not be head-faked by temporary data surprises. That reads to me like they don't they don't know that again it makes me think they have models of what's coming but they don't necessarily believe them and so they're left to to choose through through the you know virtually through you know animal entrails and forecast from epidemiologists who is I love John Podhoretz uh, from commentary who keeps pointing out epidemiologists are not doctors they're social scientists like me who have models like me who do forecasts like mine do who have not had their who've had models who have been proven wrong like mine but like the fed seem to have a whole lot of confidence in them unlike me and unlike the Fed in some extent, but they're acting like they know what's hap- what's com- what's coming next and that they're perfectly fine to hold the position they have now. We'll be back right after this here listening to the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to the Biz 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. Are you missing pieces to the retirement puzzle? How would you even know? Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing the most common missing pieces in your retirement efforts. You may be surprised to find out why they're so often overlooked. Al and Mike will help you sort out the pieces as you work to solve your retirement puzzle. To find out more, listen to Money Matters with Al and Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on The Biz 1440, or call them now at 855-231-6010. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com HR. That's BambooHR.com HR. I can't believe we have to make this commercial. It's ridiculous. You'll think it's ridiculous, too. Listen to this. This commercial is about, well, it's about parents being rude at high school athletic events. Ridiculous, right? It gets worse. 
Studies show more than 75% of new high school officials are quitting because of bad adult behavior. So now there's a shortage of refs here in Minnesota. In almost all sports. No officials means no more games. Is that what you want for us? Come on, parents. It's time to grow up. Cheer for your team. Be proud of your children. But stop being so ridiculous. And don't make us run another commercial. Because we will. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Reminding you to always practice good sportsmanship. Listen to the King Banyan Show Saturday mornings at 9 here on the Biz 1440. It's the latest economic news, trade information, your monthly jobs report, and much more. Join us this Saturday morning live on the Biz 1440. Welcome back to King Daniel's Show, the Biz 1440. By the way, just a quick side detour, and maybe we'll talk about this more. I'll take, if your interest is, call me, 651-289-4477. The report that uh, Colonial Pipeline paid $5 million to, uh, is it Dark Side? Is that the name of the uh, hacker group? Uh, that they paid ransom uh, on the ransomware that shut down the pipelines on the East Coast for a few days. You notice they came back online pretty quickly. It's pretty obvious that they did pay ransom. It's been now widely reported. Uh, President Biden asked about it, provided a no a no comment that was very telling. Um, I thought, um, should it be legal to pay? Should it be legal to uh, pay a ransom? Or should we make it illegal? Um, should it be legal to pay ransom to protect a corporate asset? So the question, Scott Sumner put this up on the Econ, on, on the Econ Log blog uh, yesterday. Proposed law. Any person found guilty of paying ransom in order to protect corporate assets shall serve a sentence of not less than 20 years in a federal prison. Is this a good or a bad idea? Six five one two eight nine four four seven seven. I have smart listeners. Okay, I'm not even sure I know what the answer to this is. I can see I can see arguments on both sides, but maybe we'll do that. Um, maybe it, so. If you get a call on that question, Brian, just let me know. I'd be happy to have a a quick conversation about that. But I also want to play this for you. I'm in the middle of reading uh, Mervyn King's and John Kay's book, Radical Uncertainty. Um, It is a wonderful book. And it's why I've taken so much time today to talk about this speech from Waller and and connect it to a couple of the pieces from the Fed. I don't mean to beat up on the Fed, but per se, but I am beating up on them. I'm beating up on them because... At the same time, they're admitting that their models have not worked. They are acting in a way as if they know what's coming next and they know what policy should be. Now, sometimes you do that because you just, in leadership, maybe, you're, maybe your conception of leadership is, is I'm going to set the goal, I'm going to ex- exude extreme confidence that I know where we're going so that everyone else will follow me because I'm a leader and I am someone who has credibility, and if I say this is where we're going, people will follow me. I think the Fed's credibility was built up. The, the, the big down payment was made by Paul Volcker. I think Greenspan, on average, increased its, credi- its credibility on net. I can give you a couple times when he, when he drew down its credibility, I can give you some times when he increased its credibility. Okay? And when I speak well of Ben Bernanke, um, I will say that was a person who spent more time thinking about how the Fed communicated in a credible way than I think any Fed of, Fed official before or since. Um, I, too, did not agree with every action he made, just as I did not with Greenspan. But I do think I do think he did better with that. 
I am concerned the Fed is tossing its credibility to the curb because I don't think they know how to express the uncertainty. I heard this yesterday in a conversation on Bloomberg TV. I took the last two days off and actually had um, had TV playing in my uh, had TV playing in in my kitchen area. Probably my wife was distressed. She says, "What are you doing?" She says, "I'm actually watching Bloomberg on my on my iPad for a couple hours just because I always want to know what it'd be like to be to, to do this." I could tell you, I'm not going to do it long term. But one of the things I heard was this piece by this this interview. It was a this is a pieces of a longer thirteen minute interview with uh, Mohammed El Arian, uh, done by uh, Jonathan Farrow on uh, Bloomberg just uh, just uh, uh, yesterday. Uh, excuse me, on uh, Thursday I believe. Um, and and I thought this was really fascinating in that. The Fed is communicating its uncertainty, but it's uncertainty, but it seems to have put all its chips in one basket. And El Arian does this, does a very nice job of trying to explain this. Uh, let me play. Let's, let's play through this. Cut number four first, please, Brian. We are in the marketplace. I think the Fed as yet hasn't. It is absolutely convinced that there is just one outcome. So its baseline is having a very high probability of materializing, whereas the marketplace is starting to think more in terms of a distribution of outcome that's tilted towards a hotter economy than what the Fed expects. Now, I've read both, or I'm in the middle of reading, as I mentioned, Mervyn King and John Kay, Radical Uncertainty. I highly recommend this book. Another book I recommend highly is by Annie Duke. If you happen to watch... uh, watch poker, uh, professional poker on television, you may have seen her. She's a professional poker player. But she was a, a, a doctoral student in, in psychology, and she wrote this and was researching probabilistic thinking. And then, of course, she ends up applying that to applying that to poker. And now it's gone from that to applying it into management. It's written, written a book a few years ago called Thinking and Bets. I believe she's in the middle of working on on her next book if it's not out already it may I may have missed the publication I'll have to go look later but I read thinking in bets when it first came out um, because it was rec- I, I heard a, a podcast with her and 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 was just blown away by her way of saying the way to get people to think about how whether or not their decisions are right or wrong is to get them to say would you be willing to bet on that how could we get the Fed to bet on whether or not, how could we get the Fed to bet on um, inflation going at 3 to 4%? What kind of bet would we make? Because they, this is what's meant right now. The Fed has not hedged its position on its main case. Its main case is that inflationary expectations are still stubbornly below 2%. They're not going to get off 2% unless we run the economy super hot for quite some time. And that we're going to run it well above 2% and that inflationary expectations we we believe can stay at 2%. Al Arian actually makes the very same case that John Palmer made in the pot, in the in the uh, in the in the blog that I I tweeted to you in the last hour at pound KBRS. He makes the same case about being outcome-based rather than forecast-based. Cut number five. No, that's new, John. Remember, we used to be forecast-based, which would allow you to course-correct as you saw information come in. Now, the Fed on this new monetary framework has become outcome-based. And when you are outcome-based, you don't course-correct as you go along. You wait for the outcome. And what the market is realizing now is that there's a downside to being outcome-based, when there are structural changes going on. The big message of the huge data miss, be it on Friday or yesterday, is that when there are structural changes going on in an economy, it becomes very difficult for economists to forecast with any degree of accuracy. And the Fed agrees with that, Mohammed, right? The Fed is saying, look, we don't forecast well. 
Our forecasts have been wrong. What we thought was a 2% inflationary expectation, we've missed, and we've missed it for the better part of a decade. So we're throwing that in the trash bin. Well, we won't throw it in the trash bin, actually. We, we still have our models. They're still running their models. Um, uh, they still hire research economists by, by the bushel full. And they still publish papers that I can still go read. But they're not using those models right now to decide what's happening in the economy. And what, what it seems to me that Muhammad is asking for is that they somehow build a new model that takes into account all these structural changes and then says, yeah, but these are structural changes. They're really hard to forecast. And, and what he's upset about is the fact that the Fed's basically said, throwing their hands up in the air, you know, like that, that emoticon that we all use when we're texting people. I don't know. Could go this way, could go that way. We might as well just wait to see what happens. And the market is saying, no, no, no. You actually have to work with us to tell us what you think the forecast might be and then express it in terms of this uncertainty. In terms of this uncertainty, I'm going to come back to this. I want to apply the the, the, the Mervyn King, John Kay approach of radical uncertainty to this. We'll do that right after these messages. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. Adapting to the changes hasn't been easy, but never more important to succeed. Many of the digital resources available have helped overcome obstacles your business is facing. But are you using the full potential of every one of them? That's where Salem Surround can help. Your business needs to use digital tools more than ever to stay in touch with customers, making buying decisions right now and for the future. Will they consider or even know about you? The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We'll design a plan that targets and surrounds customers with proven marketing strategies. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your marketing plan and see how we can help place your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more at surroundmsp.com. Surroundmsp.com. Connecting you with new customers. Are you the principal or leader of a Christian or Catholic school? Would you like to fill the empty seats in your classrooms for no cash out of pocket? TwinCitiesTuitions.com would like to team up with you on our tuition program for first-year students. You'll be part of a marketing campaign to raise awareness about your school and gain new students for next year and beyond. Again, at no cash investment for your school. Get details by logging on to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only nineteen ninety-five to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800 500 8384 relieffactor.com with memorial day right around the corner you are about to be bombarded with mattress ads all claiming to have the best deal here's why america's mattress in apple valley should be at the top of your list first they're locally owned you'll either talk to scooter or neil so you're guaranteed to talk to a sleep expert not some newbie that doesn't care what mattress you buy they offer the guaranteed lowest price on the industry's top brands and they consistently provide five-star service america's mattress 
mattress checks all the boxes. So check them out today. Welcome back. King Banyan Show of the Biz, 1440. 651-289-4477. One comment uh, on the uh, question about Colonial Pipeline. 651-289-4477 if you want to talk about it on air. Uh, Ken and Champlin uh, sends, sends this note. Uh, I would think support for laws against paying ransom to protect corporate assets would follow along the uh, same lines as support for anti-price gouging laws. Um, yeah, eh, possibly so. That's an interesting. That's an interesting look. Uh, uh, in- interesting uh, uh, comparison. Um, let me let me see if I can get you to think about this this uh, uh, point. We has the economy suffered a shock? Well, of course, right? Suffered a bit, right? And one of the things that I think is certainly true that we're observing is that we will not go back to, for some time, we will not go back to what existed in February 2020. I understand that people are going to say, well, GDP and maybe in the second quarter or the third quarter will reach the level it was at in the first quarter of 2020 Employment at some point when the 8 million jobs are back will reach the point it was at in February of 2020. At some point, those things will happen. I expect. But they won't be the same jobs. And they won't be the same people. And that change... When we have people in the 55 to 64-year-old age cohort decide to retire at higher rates because they decide exposure to the virus is just is more risky for them than the average, you know, 30-something employee, 30-year-old employee, so they're going to leave the job for them. Guess what? I hate to break it to you, 30-year-old, but that 55-year-old is more productive than you are. They know stuff that you don't yet. Okay. My best best thing I say when someone says, "What's the best thing about having somebody as an associate professor?" I said, "Well, the best thing is they'll keep learning stuff, and someday they'll be a full professor." They don't all, but many do. They'll keep learning stuff. They'll keep writing. They'll keep working on their teaching, and someday they'll get to be a full professor. Now, will they become deadwood then? No. You hope by then that they've developed the habit that they just like doing what they do what they've done for the last 10 to 15 years, and they'll just keep doing it for the next 30 or so. Those are my best folks. Right? They'll keep doing it. It's great. But the, the economy has no, no doubt changed. And how it's changed, I think we have to figure out. I do not know how many people have looked at, gone through this experience with what happened to their schools families with children and say, you know what, I think we've decided we're going to have one parent home and we're going to homeschool or maybe put them in a pod where I'm going to work part-time. We don't know how many places are going to have full-time workers versus part-time workers. We don't know what's going to happen to malls. We don't know what's going to happen to office buildings. Okay? I saw some report that, that sort of said with a degree of certainty that I couldn't quite grasp why they were saying it this way. Businesses will now be having people come more often. We'll be having them come three days a week and stay home two days a week, but we'll have them all there at the same time. They will be, they will be collaborating when they're there because the, the time that they're in the office will be collaboration time and meeting time, and the time they're at home will be focus on work time and not so much on Zoom. And they said this will be – they're going to need larger office buildings, but because they're only in three days a week – that's 40% less lunch traffic for the restaurants in that area. And I'm like, that's a fabulous forecast, but how do you know it's right? So Mohamed El Arian, as I mentioned, was on Bloomberg Television uh, and is being, is being asked to work through the fact that what 
why is it problematic that the Fed now has gone to this outcome-based model and he's comparing it to how businesses are thinking about it right now, thinking about it in terms of keeping themselves with a much more open mind. Listen to this, cut number six. So we have to have an open mindset and a lot of humility. We have to recognize that we have to think in terms of a range of scenarios and not get become hostage to a single baseline. And we have to be able to, to course correct. You know, this is the lesson of the mm-hmm. past when you have big structural changes. That's the lesson. We have to be able to course correct. And I do not see it. I do not see any other way out of this. I'm supposed to, I'm engaged right now in trying to plan. What are, what are my goals for next year for my school in this, in this university? Now I can tell, and I have a big meeting on this on Wednesday. One of the things I'm going to say is basically what you just heard in case anyone's listening from, from the university. Here's what I'm going to say. I need the ability to move on a dime. I don't know what's going to happen. All of the momentum right now is toward, hey, places are being reopened, lose your mask. I've seen ads, uh, I've seen restaurants who are in bars that are sponsoring, bring your mask in, throw it into the fireplace, and we'll give you a free appetizer or a free beer or something like that. I'm not burning my mask. Not that I not that I fetishize it. I don't love it. I don't like wearing it. I'm looking forward to being being out without it and actually being able to see the face of the person I'm talking to. But I don't know what's going to happen next. I need I think we need a little bit of humility and I think that we so we need to and and, and El Arian goes on to build this options. Talk cut number 7 please, Brian. What you hear over and over again is this notion of resilience, this notion of optionality, being able to change your mind, this notion of agility, being able to move quickly when you have clarity. But they they are much more data dependent than policymakers have become. Policymakers now are focused on a destination with a degree of conviction, Tom, that isn't matched with foundation and evidence. And that's really unusual in our recent economic history. That. That focus on the endpoint is in fiscal policy in terms of passing trillions of dollars worth of additional spending, some of which seems to be, seems to be sort of we're insisting on paying for it with taxes on a particular group of people. Um, some of it clearly going to be paid for through deficits. And a Federal Reserve that hasn't not only hasn't told us when it might move interest rates he hasn't even bothered to tell us what it might do in terms of uh tapering the 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 expansion of its balance sheet it's still adding 80 and 40 and there's not a mention of that there's not even a mention of that in governor waller's comments there wasn't a mention of it in the jim bullard speech there wasn't a mention of it in anything i've seen in the last since the since the since the Jay Powell press conference, no one's talked about what's going on with the balance sheet. It's all moving in one direction. There doesn't seem to be anything moving them in the other way. All I get is, well, we're going to actually have to see the results before we're willing to move. Okay? I, I, I'm not hearing the, well, if this happened, then we would do that. But if that happened, then we would do this. I'm not hearing that from anyone. And this is the this is the problem because the way I think we want to think about it is thinking in terms of there's a 40% chance of this, 20% chance of that. I use in my forecasting class often I I'll say to them, when you he- read the morning forecast, heck, I'm going to open up my phone right now and I'm going to look in here. Uh, I'm going to look in here for my look at my Look at my information. Uh, today it says 34% chance of rain. I look outside right now. There is there's not a cloud out there. And if I tap to see what it's saying, it's saying, well, it's going to be mostly cloudy between 10 in the morning and 4 in the afternoon. But it's not saying any rain, but it still says 34% chance of rain. We might get surprised. But what does that mean? What does the 34% mean? 
I ask my students and they're like, do you know what the, do you know what the meteorologists say? They'll actually tell you that it, they, it's not like you can have, well, there's a hundred, there's a hundred todays out there that we've sampled and in 34 of them rain happens. That's not where the 34% comes from. It's not like predicting cards. It's not like predicting, it's not like predicting, uh, uh, cards or uh, uh, roll the dice or your lottery or anything like that. It's not a game of chance. Radical uncertainty means things that we simply cannot possibly expect. Right? Can you actually set a probability on a, on a variant of COVID that would actually increase the, the uh, infected fatality rate by 50% from, say, now it's like 1% to 1.5%. And what would that do? What's the likelihood that that's going to happen? Here's the point that, 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 that uh, Mervyn King and John Kay have is you simply don't know the answer to that. There's no way to – whatever number you write down is, uh, we've used this term before, a scientific wild guess. And I did skip a word because this is a Christian station. You have nothing by the guess, and this is what's happening. Someone, someone's just writing down a number. And the Fed is writing down numbers, but they're saying, well, we don't know that we can trust them, so we're just going to wait and see what happens. But while we're waiting to see what happens, we're going to keep, while the economy is growing at 4 5 6%, maybe it's going to grow by 8 9% in the second quarter. While it's growing at that rate, we're going to keep the interest rate at zero. We're going to keep expanding the balance sheet by 120 billion a month because we we don't we don't trust our own forecast. That is, as they used to say, a heck of a way to run an airline. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-884-9018 800-884-9018 That's 800-884-9018 with the extreme weather changes in Minnesota, it can be very unpleasant when the windows in your house begin to fail. But what's even more unpleasant is the three long-winded, high-pressure sales calls you need to sit through to get multiple bids. They tell you their window is the best and all the rest are no good, and hey, I'll throw in a free window if we can write this up tonight. I'm Ryan from My Three Quotes. What if I told you you could get competitive bids from three high-rated local contractors on any window brand after only one short meeting with me? The process is simple. I'll stop by to measure the windows and we'll talk options. Whether it's vinyl, wood, composite, or fiberglass, we'll come up with a job scope that fits your house and your style. And you'll receive the quotes within a week. If you've already had some window bids and were floored by the price, call me. As you'll see from my reviews, my quotes can come in thousands less than others for the exact same window. If you decide to move forward, I'll come back to write up the order and do a walkthrough when it's done. And yes, this service is free. So hop online and visit My Three Quotes to set up an appointment. That's the number three, My Three Quotes. Are you the principal or leader of a Christian or Catholic school? Would you like to fill the empty seats in your classrooms for no cash out of pocket? TwinCitiesTuitions.com would like to team up with you on our tuition program for first-year students. You'll be part of a marketing campaign to raise awareness about your school and gain new students for next year and beyond. Again, at no cash investment for your school. Get details by logging on to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. 
That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Business 1440 and iHeartRadio, they go together like pennies and pinching. Listen anytime, anywhere at iHeart.com or with the free iHeartRadio mobile app. Cool voiceover. Zany sound effect. We were going to write something flashy about streaming us at Radio.com, but considering how easy it is to do, we'll keep it simple, too. Listen to the Biz 1440 on the free Radio.com app. We were driving uh, yesterday somewhere, and um, at a stoplight, there were two young people, I think both both young women, in the car next to me, windows down, singing to their radio, or to the, to the tape deck, or I guess they're not tape decks anymore. I still think it was tape decks. Their CD player, or, or streaming, or whatever it was, and I thought to myself, oh, it sounds so normal. That song that you just played, Brian, I'm pretty sure if I went back about 45 years, you could probably find me singing that in a car, listening to it probably on an 8-track. Um, because um, I don't know if I ever told this story, but uh, I used to set up at uh, county fairs and flea markets, and my parents my parents were antique dealers, but they also had a little side business stocking um stocking uh, auto dealership not auto dealerships but auto g- garages mechanics uh, um, g- and repair shops with um, with tools uh, automotive supplies and then they also set up the ability to purchase directly from that place uh, eight track tapes that had been produced by somebody other than the uh, label that signed that person signed that band yes they were bootlegs. We sold bootleg tapes, bootleg eight-track tapes back when I was a teenager. Um, I think I can admit to it now because I think the statute of limitations is gone and both my parents have gone to their reward. I hope hope that they do not suffer the eternal fires for doing so, but I am pretty sure I had that on an eight-track. Um, so that was cool. Um, so I, not, I've heard... Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm seeing some great, uh, I'm seeing some, uh, some funny comments on, uh, Twitter about, uh, our question. Would you pay ransom or not? Again, I tell me how different this is. The governor of Ohio, uh, Mike DeWine, um, Republican has put out a, uh, a plan to encourage people to get vaccines. He's basically said, if you come get the vaccine, you're gonna get you're gonna get a, a, a reward for for your for your time here. Um, let me let me see if I can find find the uh, column that I had had this in. Um, I, I've lost my I've lost my my spot here. What happened here? Uh, yes, here it is. Mike Dewine says. Two weeks from tonight on May 26th, we'll announce a winner of separate drawing for adults who have received at least their first dose of the vaccine. This announcement will occur each Wednesday for five weeks. The winner each Wednesday will receive $1 million. The pool, okay. Um, so <laughs> it turns out uh, there, that to win, you must be... Uh, to win, you have to actually have received the vaccine. You must be 18 years of older. Uh, you must be registered. You must be registered uh, with the Secretary of State's office in the uh, voter registration base. Um, that and and said it would do that, right? Money creates incentives, and so the reason why you would not you would not want corporations to build ransoms is you give, okay, just as anyone that reads a reads a Mitch Rapp novel would know. Uh, or or any any good uh, spy series novel will know when you offer to pay a ransom, you're encouraging the terrorists to take more hostages, right? So should we be paying for that? It, it, it's interesting that the way that was framed by uh, Scott Sumner, who put up that question, 
uh, is that is that if you pay, if you're paying ransom, would you pay ransom on corporate assets versus your daughter? Right, since we can't all be Liam Neeson and hunt them down, maybe we just send them some money instead. Um, that would strike me as a as a possible way to solve the problem, but but you know it's a it's a matter of should we use cash for incentives? Yes or no, and it's interesting to me that that. That as an economist, I know there are many times where I'll have people say, well, we shouldn't be using cash for this. We shouldn't be using cash for that. Here's one more example that Brian Kaplan gives that I, that I absolutely adore. Okay, I have a, I have a six-going-on-seven-year-old grandson. Um, Mom and Dad want him to start participating in the house, in the, in the affairs of the house, which means picking up the room, clearing dishes from the table, and things like that. And so, question comes from comes from the parents. I don't remember that you paid us to do chores at home, and I said no, I didn't. Because what I did was I just gave you an allowance because you get to have a piece of the income of the family. You're a member of this family, and you're entitled to a piece of that, and because I'm your parent, I can allocate it as I see fit, so most of the money that's being allocated to you is going to your college fund, but every week I might hand you a few dollars and say that's your allowance, and I didn't make it contingent. Why? Because I never wanted my child to look at things that need to be done at the house and think, how much could I get paid for that? I want him to think as being a contributor to the household, and I hope what I did by that was actually make them more willing to contribute when they're the key, when they're the household, uh, may not have worked. It is just interesting to me. So, should corporations pay? I, I don't know. In my mind, I think I would have permitted it. I, I, I don't think I'd make it make it illegal for them to do so. Uh, but I do think it's illegal to ask for a ransom, and and should remain that way. Um, anyway. Thank you so much for listening today. Appreciate it. Thanks you for all the comments on, on Twitter. Yes, happy No Mask Day, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week here on the King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-555-2085. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-555-2085. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. Call 800-555-2085. 800-555-2085. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Gift-giving occurs year-round, whether for birthdays, holidays, or a special expression of thanks to your best clients and customers. Of course you want to show your love and gratitude, but you also want to give a gift that provides a positive image of you and your organization. Solaire Infrared Grills from BestHotGrill.com are both practical and unforgettable. Made in the USA, Solaire has a grill for most budgets, but more importantly, Solaire delivers the wow that everybody likes to receive in a gift. Impressive out of the box, and even more so in use, the Solaire Infrared Grills are the gift of value that will build relationships. With every great-tasting, juicy meal enjoyed from their Solaire, they'll think of you. Step up your gift-giving. Learn more about the amazing Solaire Infrared Grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775... 
We have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines.